I wanted the, the chance to see the lake and see the, the, the nice things. I wanted to say, hey, we, we, we set out on this hike. We went, even though we are learning how to snowshoe, we did it. We accomplished it. But I had, to, I had that decision to make. And I wonder, do we have, sometimes we, we have decisions like that to make. Where, where on one side we're like, I, I, you know, I can do it. I'm, I won't want to look bad. I, I want to be a good leader. I want to be, um, you know, showing that I, I'm capable. But on the other side, you think, well, wisdom is saying, I need to just swallow my pride and let go of that. I need to just see what's going to be best and do what's going to be best for the group. And so today we're going to be looking at humility and, and how it's easy to forget about humility, but let's not forget about humility. And we're going to be looking at the, the book of Romans, uh, just the, a few verses in, in chapter 12 about humility. And I wonder, as we think about humility, I wonder, is that something that we love to tackle? Is that something that we like, oh yeah, humility, I'm really good at that. Because often if we think we're really good at something, especially if it's humility, <laughs> we might not be. And so I, I know Paul writes about it a lot in the New Testament about humility, and so we're going to look at that uh, today in, in Romans 12. And so I want to encourage you uh, to open your Bibles there to Romans chapter 12. I went through uh, the first few verses of Romans 12. I know also Dwayne, while I was going in Nicaragua, he went through the end of Romans 12 and the beginning of 13. Um, so this is maybe some familiar parts here. But we're going to be looking at verses 3 to 8 today. But I want just to remind you of this context, because in Romans 12, there's this, this shift where in the first 11 chapters are all about what we need to know. And, and now, and now in, in chapter 12, it's more about how we live out the knowledge of God's grace and the, the knowledge of, of salvation. And so in the, in the first couple of verses, Paul, was, Paul, the uh, apostle who wrote this to the Roman church, he wanted to remind people that put their trust in Jesus, people that call themselves Christians, that we are to live in view of God's mercy. We're to remember that God ha is merciful for us, not just once, but all the time. And that the way we live is to show that, this, that we are holy and pleasing to God. We're bringing the, our, our self as a spiritual sacrifice. We're lifting up our, our bodies as the offering. Okay, so in that, in that mindset, then he said in, in verse 2 that, that don't conform to the pattern of this world. There's a lot of things in our world that are seeming to be really good. And these patterns of, of, of success and, and things like that that we can easily jump into and be like, oh yeah, this is, this is good. But Paul is saying don't do that. Don't conform to the way that the world thinks. Remember what I've done for you. Remember what I've taught you. But the way we do that is we are transformed. or We, we, we renew our mind. God re renews our mind and we transforms us to believe to, in the way we live. And this is our spiritual act of worship that we are pleasing to God in the way we live. And so in verse 3, 
knowing that context that his good and pleasing and perfect will is, is what he wants us to be living out, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. He says this in verse 3. For by grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So in verse 3, it's right after he's, he's giving all these things in verses 1 and 2 about how we live. And if we're really living all out for Jesus, we might start thinking, wow, I really, I'm really good at this. I'm really, I'm actually a pretty good Christian. I'm pretty good at, at doing whatever God says. I know a lot of the Bible. You know, we start kind of thinking, we might start getting a little bit of a big head. Well, Paul wants us to not have pride. He wants us to remember that it's not about what we, it's not about um, what we think about ourselves in, in the way that, that we often can. But he wants us to think with sober judgment, thinking clearly, like, this is not about you. This is not about me. God has given us different gifts and abilities, and he wants us to follow after him. But it's not, we have to remember, first of all, it's not about me. It's not about me and what I want to do. It's not about me and what I'm trying to accomplish. It's not about me and what I want. So let's remember, it's not about me. C.S. Lewis said that true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Now, same words there. C.S. Lewis made it really, really neat how he did that. It's not thinking less of ourselves. It's not thinking that we are really bad, that we are terrible people. Yes, God has given us His grace and He's uh, redeemed us, called us out of the, the pit of darkness. He has saved us. But let's live like sons and daughters of the King. But let's not think of ourselves as we're the best or even we're like close to the best. Let's think of ourselves in, a, in sober judgment, Paul says. But C.S. Lewis says, let's be thinking of ourselves less. Often we think of ourselves all the time. It's, just, it's natural to, to be thinking, what do I want? But C.S. Lewis is saying here that we should think not of ourselves, or not, not think badly of ourselves like on a bad thing, but let's be thinking of ourselves not as much. Right? And so really that brings us to, if we're not thinking of ourselves so much, what, what should we be thinking about? Well, Paul says we should be, uh, be renewing our mind, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So let's be thinking about what the will of God is. Let's be thinking about what He wants. And remember, it's not about me. In verse 4, he says, For each of us has one, has one body with many members. And these members do not have all the same function. So in Christ, though we are many, th- though many form one body, and each member belongs to one another. And so Paul gives this, a, 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 talking about this, this uh, idea of a, the church being a body of Christ. 
We use that term sometimes. We say the body of Christ when we're talking about church. And, and how sometimes people have different things that they're good at. Actually, we all have different things we're good at. And, and so in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul talks about this like a lot more. And he says, um, if, the, you know, if one part of the body says, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? Well, you have to keep in mind that we all have different functions of the body. And so we're not going to say, hey, pick it up, figure it out. Be like me. No, we have different purposes. Uh, and a big part of that is that we have a unity in the body. That we are all working for the function, for the purpose to represent Jesus, to let people see Him. And so um, we have to also not just remember it's not about me. We remember that that healthy churches work together. And really, if you think about it like this, is we're not just a church, a body of Christ, we're a team. You know, a healthy team is going to work together for the benefit of the team, not for the benefit of individuals. I know this is a, the start of college football season, and I know most teams didn't play yesterday. There was a few games. Most games are starting this coming Saturday or Thursday night. And in college football games, you see a lot of really gifted athletes. I mean, I played football in high school, and there was no way I was going to be able to compete in college because the level of competition is so much better. These guys, especially in Division I, University of Illinois, uh, Big Ten schools, they're, they're really good at what they do. I mean, these guys can step back with a ball, and they can just launch the ball way down the field. And not just way down the field, they can launch the ball to a place where they think the receiver's going to be. And those receivers, they, they can run with speed way faster than most of us. Actually, probably all of us. Uh, way faster. And these guys are so gifted at this, at this ab- the ability to get down the field. And there's these other guys that, that they block. And they block so that the, the running backs can run through the line with the ball and they, they get through and try to get as many as far down the field as they can. These other guys, they, you know, they're running backs, they carry the ball. There's other, other guys on defense that are really good at, at stopping up that, that line. They're just they get in the way. They're really, a lot of them are really big, so it's kind of easier to get in the way, but they get in the way and they try to stop the other team from coming through that line. Or they, you know, these linebackers, they're really good at finding where the ball's going to be and getting there fast. They're, they're really good at what they do. These corners and safeties, they are going to stop the ball from getting caught. You know, there's guys that kick the ball and punt and all these, there's all these positions. And if you go out on a Saturday sometime and, and watch, you're going to see some really talented players. Now, maybe not all the talent is on the side of the field that you want. It might be more on the other side. But there's a lot of talent in Division I football. And God has given us gifts. God has given these, these players physical abilities. Now, yes, they've worked hard at what they've done. But, he, but they are working together as a team. If they want to be a successful team, if they want to have a good year, it's not just that they're going to throw the ball as far as they can. It's not just that they're going to try to 
be all about themselves. They're going to work together as a team. And this is what the body of Christ should look like. We work together as a team. A healthy team is going to work together. We're going to recognize that we all have different giftings. We're going to recognize that there's different things that people are good at. And so how can we do this that's going to help encourage each other, that's going to help work together as the body of Christ? Now, so we have to remember that, that healthy churches or healthy teams, they're going to work together for a common purpose, for a common goal. Then Paul gets into this list of, of what, some, what some of those abilities are, what some of those gifts are. And he says this in verse 6, that we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So remember, not everybody has the same gift. Not everybody is going to be really good at what you're really good at. Not everyone's going to be really good at something you're not good at. So the problem is a lot of times we have this comparison. We, we like to compare. Well, they're really good at this, so just let them do it, and I'm never going to do anything like that. Or I'm really good, so I should be the only one that does this. Um, so we have pride and we have comparison. But Paul wants us, Jesus wants us, to work together, to be a healthy church, to be a healthy body of Christ or a team that's working together for a common purpose. And really, these gifts he talks about here, he's going to have a list of seven gifts here. And, and this isn't the complete list of the, all the, the spiritual gifts that there are in the Bible. In fact, in the New Testament, there's several different lists of spiritual gifts. And there's about 20 total, I think. And and uh, this is just a few of them here. There's seven. So it says in verse 6, um, in the middle of the verse 6, it says, If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according to your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then to do it, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, then do it cheerfully. So each of these gifts, now this is not the complete list of gifts, but each of these gifts Paul is wanting us to remember as a church, we all have different giftings. And so if we are like, hey, I'm really good at this. No, he's not saying if you're really good at it, then you're the only one that can do it. He wants us to remember humility. He wants us in each of these areas, if you have this gift, to do it faithfully, to do it generously, to do it cheerfully, to do it well. If you've been given a gift, use it for God's glory, not my glory or your glory. Let's use our gifts for God's glory. And so... If we're going to use our gifts for God's glory, then, and we think about these gifts as something that's, that's grace gifts, they're, they're, they're something that God has generously given to, to each of us. It might not be these gifts, it might be some other ones, but if God has given you these gifts, or a gift, let's use it to bring glory to Him. Let's bring it 
knowing that humility is crucial when using our gifts. And that's our main idea today, is that humility is, is really important. And I'm going to say crucial. Humility is crucial. Well, that was last week's. <laughs> oh, that's this week's. That's different there. Uh, humility is crucial when leading. Sorry, humility is crucial when using your gifts. And last week, yeah, we talked about leadership. And we want to seek his what's best for others. And this, I think, is really similar to humility because if we are seeking what's best for others, then we're not thinking about ourselves as much. We're thinking about the rest of the group. In fact, the story I was telling you at the beginning, we, we went snowshoeing and, and I thought it was going to be a big disaster that we had to go back early. And I thought, man, I was, not, it's not that we had to go back early, but we didn't get to see the whole thing. But you know, the rest of the group, they didn't, they weren't mad. They were actually happy. No one was like, I can't believe we didn't get to see the lake. Now, I, was, I had been thinking that. Can't believe we didn't get to do it as much. Well, no, we, we had a fun time. We did, well, for many of us, it was the first time we got to snowshoe, and so we got to really enjoy for what we did. And so thinking about what's best for others, thinking in love and humility, is where I think Jesus wants us to think, especially as leaders or people that have gifts. We want to think what's best for others. So in this, in this part, you know, if you have these gifts, let's do them, let's lead building up the church, not building up ourselves. You know, if the football players are all like, I'm going to just do my own thing. If I'm going to just do whatever I want, because I want to make sure that I get recognized for the NFL draft, I'm going to play how I want to play. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to showcase my skills at the expense of others. That's not a healthy team. That's not using your gifts to build up your team. It, but often, that's, that's what can happen. Is we, when we start getting a big head, we start, or we, we, people have told us so much, wow, you're so good at that. Wow, you, you, you've gotten a lot of records, or you've gotten a lot of statistics that are showing how good you are at this. And so then uh, this pride can start really making us really selfish, making us, uh, it hurts the team. You know, it gives disunity because... Because when we start blaming others, like, hey, why aren't you blocking for me when I'm trying to get through that hole? Hey, why, you know, why are you dropping the pass? I threw it right to you. you know? And we start bringing disunity. We start making it about ourselves. You know, pride is going to say, hey, we don't, I don't care what the coach says. I know, I know what to do. That, that's, that's pride speaking. That's not helping the team. That's not building up the church. That's not building up your, you know, the people around you. You know, and then it also doesn't represent the university very well. You know, you're trying to make it all about yourself, trying to make it all about the statistics. Well, then the fans are going to be like, man, that guy, he's good, but I wish he could just, like, play as a team. I wish he would actually, you know, try his best that's going to help the team instead of what's going to hurt the team. 
it's, it makes the university look bad. And the fans are watching. You know, but I think it's similar to the church. You know, the, we, ha, we all have giftings. We all have something that, that God's given us. And however we have those gifts, whatever we are doing with those gifts, are we, do, are we using those gifts for God's glory to build up the team, to build up the church? Are we using those gifts to kind of puff up our pride? Say, like, look at me. I'm good at this. You know, that, that's going to bring a lot of selfishness and disunity. That pridefulness really hurts the team. And really, it ultimately, it doesn't just hurt the team. It hurts our representative. It hurts, it hurts who we represent. And if we represent Jesus, then it turns people away from Jesus. I met a guy just recently that he loves Jesus but he has had some bad experiences at church. And so he doesn't want to be around Christians. But he loves Jesus, and, but he doesn't, you know, he's, he's a little bit stuck because he doesn't have community. He doesn't have someone that can, that can help him grow. Accountability. We need each other. We need to use the gifts that we have to build up the church for the sake of Jesus, not for the sake of ourselves. So do you know what your gifts are? Do you know your gifts? You know, there's different spiritual gift tests that you can take. Uh, online, there's a, there's a lot of them. If you're not sure what your gifts are, you could ask someone. You could, or you could take a, a spiritual gifts test. I think spiritualgifts.net was a good one I've taken before. But we need to know what our gifts are. If they're not obvious, let's, know, let's figure out what they are. Ask each other. And not so that we can be puffed up, but so that we can know how to use those gifts for the benefit of the church, benefit and giving God glory. You know, if you know what your gifts are, and when you find out what your gifts are, what's your reaction? Are you, are you thankful that God has given you gifts, that he's blessed you? Because we, we can, when someone gives us a gift and we don't say thank you, well, first of all, it's kind of rude. But when God gives you a gift and you find out, hey, this is a gift that's come from God, well, let's, let's, live with gen- let's live being thankful. Thankful and then use those gifts the way that God wants us to. Building up the church, to be unified in the church, to be working together as a healthy team, a body of Christ. Let's look for examples of how we can use, let's look for ways that we can use those gifts. You know, on a Sunday morning, there's a lot of people that are using their, their time, their giftings, they're using a lot, of th- a lot of what they're doing to benefit the church. You know, like, we have seven or eight people up here this morning that have been practicing not just for a few minutes before the service, but they are practicing for weeks to be ready to lead us in worship. You know, there's people that are, that are running the, the slides and, and running the sound. There's people in the nursery. There's people that are the elders that are praying and leading. There's all kinds of ways that people are being a blessing on a Sunday morning. And maybe you don't know how you can build up the church. Maybe it's not on a Sunday morning. But there's lots of ways that you can be building up the church. Whether it's 
whether it's being a prayer warrior, whether it's being a witness wherever you are, which we all should be. Whatever it is, working with kids or helping, being a greeter, blessing people, those are all things that we can do that's going to help build up the church, bring unity to the body of Christ, and give glory ultimately to Jesus. You know, what would it look like if we all said on a Sunday morning, if we all had this thought, ask not what I can do, well, ask not what the church can do for me. Ask what I can do for the church. Are we being people that are wanting to bless the church? Are we being people that are looking for ways that we can build up and plug in, edify the body of Christ using our gifts that God's given us? Or are we saying, hey, the church isn't doing this for me? In Philippians, Paul, the same author, says this in chapter 2. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Remember that humility is crucial when using your gifts. When you have giftings, we are going to and we're not using humility, that's a problem. And Paul points us in, in Philippians 2 here, he points us to Jesus. He said, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset, that of Christ Jesus. He said, who in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus had every right to be like, hey, I'm God. You guys worship me. You guys do it, whatever it is you need to do, but I'm in charge here. I'm God. But Jesus, when he took the, on the form of a person, fully God, fully man, he came with humility. It says, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Think about that for a moment. Jesus, who should receive all honor and glory forever and ever. I mean, the angels are singing constantly, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. He comes down to earth, and what does he do? He's born in a lowly place to a poor family. He, he has to figure out life not as a king, even though he is the king of kings and lord of lords. He's, he's not honored the way that he should be honored. And he humbled himself. He humbled himself. If Jesus humbled himself and we call ourselves Christians, isn't that what we should be known for, is being humble? showing his love, showing his grace. And it says, in Philippians 2, it says, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and at the, he gave him the name that is above every name, 
that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus lived a life of humility. He wants us to live a life of humility. He gives us gifts so that we can build up the church. He gives us things that are going to help each other. Are we helping each other with those gifts or are we being prideful? Something we need to be praying about. Are, Are we using pride? Are we having pride in our life? Because pride is going to hinder your relationship with Jesus. It's going to hinder your relationship with others. So let's work together. Let's build up the church. Let's have humility. Let's seek the Lord. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who humbled himself, is our example. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are the King. We thank you that you have all power and authority. God, we, we just want to worship you. You are holy. You are mighty. You are worthy of all our praise. And so, Jesus, we, we ask that we would be a church that works together. A body of Christ that brings glory to you. Lord, we pray for each of us, that we would recognize if there's pride in our life. If we would recognize that there's things that are getting in the way between you and us, or between us and others. That, God, we would confess those to you. That we'd be right with you. We thank you that you forgive. Thank you that you are kind. So, God, we we pray that we would be used for your glory. God, we pray even this week as we're inviting people to come to taco night or to our Bible studies in the next few weeks, to the church picnic. God, we pray that it's not about people coming to this building, but, Lord, we pray that it's people coming to know you, Jesus. So use us according to whatever you want us to do, that we would be faithful, that we would be humble, and that we would use our gifts for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.